Dude, we are rolling so hard right now. Dude, we are fucking rolling. We're rolling. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. So... I used to be able to drink just fucking coffee cup after cup oh coffee until my brain turned into a goddamn, I don't know. But now if I drink more than one cup of coffee, I'll, I'll have a complete fucking panic attack. Yeah. So I do this thing where I have my morning cup of Joe and then my next cup, if I have another cup, I do half calf and half decaf. Unfortunately, I don't do that very often. And so that coffee, which is ground, sits in my cupboard for the same length of time as it took for the dinosaurs to live upon the earth. Mm -hmm. And then when I make a cup of that coffee compared to my normal ground fresh, it's basically like going from Brad Pitt's dick to Danny DeVito's ball sack. Which I have done. It's not a good... You want, here's the way you want to go. You want to go from Danny DeVito's ball sack to Brad Pitt's dick. That's the direction you want to go. You don't want to go the other way. How about actors like Danny DeVito building an entire career on being ugly? Yeah. Because... Well, I think he built his career on being funny. I don't think he built his career on being ugly, but well, almost, he definitely literally, is not attractive. Literally almost the same thing, but... Most people get into show business because you look, look your two examples. You got your Leo to caps, okay, young, okay. talented, handsome, destined to become the Titanic guy. Then you got Danny DeVito, who is funny, I guess, and a good actor, I guess, but you know, just objectively unattractive. Yeah, I don't want to watch Danny DeVito in anything. I love watching him in stuff because people look like he's the part of cinema where he's like. It's reflecting the real world. People really look like that. Dude, he's great in uh, Twins. Dude, nobody looks like <laughs> Danny DeVito. Dude, have you ever seen another person in your life that looks like Danny DeVito? That dude is fucking unique in his looks. He is pretty unique, and I guess that's why he pops on the screen. I guess I'm just refuting my whole point. Dude, he fucking pops, dude. He's great in uh, Get Shorty. He just plays himself every time. There's never a time where you've seen Danny DeVito and he's doing a different person. He, he doesn't he's always have the big, Danny a big DeVito. range. Yeah. No. The problem I have with him is he's, he was on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I loved that show until he came on. And he does this thing in, in that series where he's always got a mouthful of food and he's talking with his mouthful. And like maybe he thinks that's funny or maybe they think it's funny, but it's gross, dude. And after you've seen that like 10 times, you're like, no. Never want to see it again. It's funny. I also kind of liked that show okay. And I've always liked Danny DeVito because I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And uh, he was in a bunch of movies then. But I did not like him on that show. I didn't like his kind of slovenly, disgusting guy on that show. It was awful. Like, I like the movies that he's in where he's kind of getting girls and stuff. I, I've always liked that. Like, in Get Shorty, he's like a famous producer and he's like dating Renee Russo. I like that. I think it's nice. Yeah, just don't talk with your mouth full of food no it's not funny no it's gross you know brad pitt has a thing where he's always eating something in his movies there's always scenes of him eating but you know 
you can get away with a lot. Brad Pitt covers over a multitude of sins. Well, here's the thing. If you're chewing and and you're yeah, if you can do it where you're not where you don't see the food, <laughs> I'm in. But if you're showing me the food, GF You don't like seeing food beginning its digestive process in someone's mouth. I don't want to see kernels of food on people's lips, teeth, or mouth. Yeah. Period. I always think about that when I'm watching like reality TV where people are like having to eat on camera. Eating is just not good for TV. Well, here's the here's the here's the thing I didn't know until recently because your boy is part of the Bachelor Nation. You know that. Your boy's part of the Bachelor Nation. Yeah. Your boy? Your boy likes it. Your boy is card carrying member. Your boy is card carrying member of the Bachelor Nation. Okay. Your boy. Mm-hmm. And they always have dates on The Bachelor. They have a romantic date. And they're sitting in, in on a table in front of food. They never eat the food. They don't eat the food. In fact, I think it's fake. It's not fake food, but like they tell people don't eat the food. Well, why? Because probably because it's gross. I don't know. <laughs> but like probably because it's gross. If you ever watch The Bachelor, you'll notice that they never eat the food. They'll drink the wine. They'll drink the beverages, but they're never eating on those dates. Even though they're sitting in front of food. I talked to Katie about The Bachelor or whichever one, The Bachelorette, whichever one. And she was saying that there's always like a uh, kind of a sexy time night. Like there's like a sexy date night. Because I was like, look, are these people having sex or what? Like I, I get confused about these adults and reality shows because we live in puritanical America where they're, are they showing people like hooking? Like I don't, I don't understand what it is. And she's like, well, there's usually one big night where that's on the table, you know, like a sexy time. Do you want me to explain it to you? Because your boy is a member of the Bachelor Nation. Is it true that there's like one night, kind of a sexy night, sexy date night? So when it gets down to three people right. at the very end, right. they have a thing where they all go on dates. Well, first of all, they, they meet the parents. Good. There's four people when they meet the parents. Then right after they meet the parents, they kick one of these bitches to the curb, Okay, which is just amazing. And then he goes on three dates with the three chicks. And at the end of the date, they have a little letter that says, yo, if you want, there's a key, there's to, a fan- key to the room. There's a fantasy suite. Yeah. You guys can use it and spend the night in the fantasy suite together. Right. And some dudes will have sex with all three of these women. Right. Now, what that tells me is the dude is not either. There's two. It tells me two things. He's maybe not ready for marriage. <laughs> One, he's retarded. One, he's retarded and doesn't understand that the camera is actually recording what's going on. Okay. And that could be, he could be retarded. That's fine. No, no problem with that. Uh, or he's not really there for the correct reason which is to find the love of his life, right. get married, and start a family. Right. In fact, he's just there to get a bunch of Instagram and Twitter followers exactly. and become a dude that will go across the country and fuck thousands and thousands of women. It's the Dan Belzerianification of the young, attractive male. What I prefer is the guy who doesn't have sex, or he has sex with the chick that he's going to marry, and doesn't have sex with the other two chicks. And the chicks are always down for it. They're always willing to go to the fantasy suite. Yeah. And then some some people go to the fantasy suite and don't have sex. How do you know that they do they talk about it? Yeah. The religious 
the the you know religious women who are saving themselves from marriage they they're not going to have sex in the suite it just depends it depends on the it depends on the bachelor like last year's bachelor was not there for the right reason um in fact it's been a few years since there's actually been it's probably been 5 years since there was a decent bachelor where you felt like oh this guy's actually here to to get married the problem is they have they're too young like these these the the women are like in their early 20s the bachelor's usually in his late 20s you need to get a guy in there who's like in his early 30s mid 30s who's ready to fucking get married right. and have some women that are a little older don't have anybody under 25 right. have the women be 25 to 35 have the dude be 30 to 35 and then have a real show but in, instead they're like oh we'll just put like they have like 19 20 21 year olds yeah Katie told me the success rate of these relationships is pretty low. Well, for The Bachelor, it's super low. I think in 30 seasons, there's been like two people that have stayed together. With The Bachelorette, though, it's way higher. Like more than half of The Bachelorette are still together. Because women are smarter than men. And I know you'll be like, yeah, but what about all the books that men write and blah, 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 and all this shit? Yeah, men are able to focus their limited mental abilities on things. And through that focus are able to do shit that maybe women maybe don't have the capacity to do because they don't necessarily, their brains don't work that Let's way. Let's get that whole dig in music going. Well, you can dig you can dig it all day long. What I'm saying is women are smarter than men. Okay. They're they're able to take in way more information. So women on the bachelorette when they when they parade these fucking dudes down the fucking runway, these chicks are like like literally by the time they enter the house, they've already narrowed it down to like two or three dudes. And then once they have like once they talk to a guy for 5 minutes, they're 100% certain who the guy is. So the whole show is a scam, The Bachelorette. It's a scam. Because they know who they're going to choose. They know after the first night who the guy is. And because they know it, a lot of those relationships work. Now, The Bachelor, which is a much better show, that dude doesn't know shit. He's just seeing all these chicks and he's just like, I want to fuck all of these bitches. That's what he's saying. He's like, I don't know who I want to marry. I want to fuck all these bitches, but I don't know who I want to marry. And these chicks are like, there's only one guy here. He's the alpha male. And they all are like, they all get confused and they're like, oh, I must love him because there's only one dude. It's not like there's 20 guys to choose from and then you got to pick out the alpha male. There's only one guy. So they're all, they all think they're attracted to this guy. And because they're all attracted to him, all of the other women now become competition. And so really the whole show is about these women fucking going crazy and trying to get this guy's attention while still trying to be friendly with these other chicks but part of their brain goes insane and then they want to destroy these other women dude it's such a great show it's it works so perfectly with who we are as human animals yeah it's a it's a wonderful show well, and your boy is a part of that bachelor nation. Don't tell me why they don't eat the food. They don't eat the food because it takes a long time to set up shots. Like, you know, you're privy to how these things are done. They, they, there's not just a camera there and they're just ready to eat. There's just It probably takes hours to get the shots they need. And that food's just sitting there, man. 
And guess what happens when they get to the fantasy suite? Diarrhea from eating the pork chops that were sitting out for six hours. And you don't want that in the you don't want that in the fantasy suite. Dude, they don't eat the food. Yeah. The food is not to be eaten. <laughs> but I don't think it's because of the diarrhea. I'd be wanting to keep things tight and right for that evening. I can tell you that. You remember the story of Chili Butt, right? No. <laughs> Let's hear Chili Butt. All right. Story. Well, I'm, let me try to frame it. Hold up. Let me Zip. let me frame it in a way. Imagine a touring rock band, and let's just imagine me and you are in that band. Let's just imagine that. Oh, okay. Now, is this the band that we actually tour in? No. We're just imagining a different kind of band. We're imagining another member in that band. Okay. Walks off into the into the sunset with two ladies on his arm, and we're all waving from the bus, going, "Have fun, buddy." And then we're sitting on the bus, going. How did that happen? And then we're going, <clears throat> some nights are just lucky nights for some people. We carry on. We're talking on the bus. We're doing the things that we do. We're probably watching a movie. And our buddy, fictional, comes back real quick, within an hour. And we go, what happened, man? And he looks real crestfallen. And he goes, well, on the way back to one of their apartments to have some adult time, they got a little hungry. And they wanted to make a quick pit stop at a chili diner. Ordered up a couple of big old bowls of chili. And then, on the way back to the apartment for a sexy time, their tum-tums weren't feeling so good. So they brought him back to the bus, and that became Chili Butt. The night of hedonistic frivolity completely ruined by bowls of chili. Who was the guy? I'll tell you in the Secret Weekly. <laughs> Dude, I don't remember the chili butt story at all. Here's the deal, man. Eat the chili after the adult time. Don't eat bowls of chili before. I will tell you a spectacular story. Okay. Of a night that happened uh in Vancouver where your boy when you in during his single days, okay, was out doing a show in Vancouver and uh Met a lovely lady at the show from Perth, Australia. One of the cutest women I've ever seen in my life. We ended up hanging out a little bit. Anyways, girl ended up hanging out with me at the uh, apartment where we were staying. As soon as we got into the apartment, proceeded to vomit. <laughs> and then... At, right after vomiting, went night-night. No brushing teeth, <laughs> nothing. Just vomit, and then night-night. Wait, was so, there any adult coupling situations happening, or was this... No, nothing, nothing. We were just, we are hanging out. You know, we were gonna, we, maybe, maybe we had, maybe we had kissed or something, but she was, you know, she'd be like, hey, you want to come over? Yeah, love to come over. She comes over. Soon as, as soon as she enters apartment... <laughs> vomit every maybe on the ground part partially in the toilet partially on the wall big vomit thing and then right in the bed right night 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 so now you boy i'm just saying that now, now you know your boy i don't drink haven't drunk for 25 years so i'm like well all right i guess this is the way it's gonna go so eventually i go to sleep uh wake up in the mo in the a.m Girl wakes up, you know, vomit on her, you know, 
Oh. Face, Jesus. mouth, you know, just still got that vomity vibe. Okay. And she kind of rolls over and kissy time? kisses time with your boy. And guess what your boy does? <laughs> Doesn't give a fuck, dude. Don't care. <laughs> Kiss me with that vomity mouth. I don't care. Didn't give a fuck, dude. That's how hot this chick was. Oh, wow. I know. Here's the problem with all that, dude. Here's the problem with being on the road and meeting a beautiful, vomity Australian chick. You got to leave town. You're leaving town the next morning. The next day, you're gone. Okay. And never to see that chick again. I don't think I... I think I saw her one other time, a year later or something, and then never saw her again. And probably would have married her had I had the choice. Was she at all mortified about the vomit sitch i don't even think she remembered the vomit i had to like remind her i was like oh you know you were vomiting last night she's like oh i'm so sorry so sorry with a perth perth accent anyway she was telling me she was i was like man i think i told her like i was like man you're like one of the hottest women i've ever seen or met and she's like oh i'm in perth i'm like i'm like a i'm like a nago in perth she was telling me like the women in Perth are like the hottest women in the world. I was wow. like, when's that next tour to Perth? And it never occurred, did it? Never went to Perth. Never been to Australia. Yeah. But in my mind, Perth is the spot. What are the chances that you and I will together as friends take our families on a family joint vacation to Perth? Dude, here's what I don't give a shit about doing. Going to Perth or going to fucking Munich. Now, did I used to love to go to Munich to drink the best beer made in the world? Yeah. But as soon as I stopped drinking, I was like, mm, fuck Munich. I don't need to go to Munich. I don't need to go to Perth. I have been in Germany like a four-hour train ride from Munich and unable to go because we couldn't make the time. There wasn't enough time. And I regret that because I don't know when I'll be getting back to that part of the world. And I may not ever. If you drink beer, which you do... Yeah. Just go to Germany and go to a place called Maltasers. I think it's Maltasers, not Malt Tasers. So M A T T. It has the best beer you'll ever drink in your life. It's brewed by monks in big wooden kegs, and they serve it to you fresh out of those kegs in a giant beer hall. But you know me, man. You think I'm drinking beer because I like the way it tastes? Well, not only does it taste good, it will fuck you up. Well, now they we're talking. It- now we're talking. They serve it by the leader, and it's twice as strong as American beer. Punk. That's a period. <laughs> Patunk. That's a period hitting hitting the German, the ground littered by unconscious drunk people. Anyways, they have a they have a fest there at at the brewery. At the, actually, it's at the Pauliner. It's not at Montezers, it's at the Polliner Brewery once a year during Lent. And during Lent, they brew, they brew up this dark beer that's twice as strong as the American beer that's twice as strong as the... I mean, it's twice as strong as the German beer that's twice as strong as the American beer. Okay. And it's kind of like Guinness, but just like Guinness, if you drink Guinness in Ireland or wherever they fucking brew that shit, it's doesn't taste the same. It's, it's right. so much smoother than the right. Guinness you're going to get in the States. Sure. So it's this dark beer. That's the creamiest best beer you will ever drink in your life. And it, this shit will fuck you 
up, dude. And so you go to this thing. If you drink one liter, you're fucked. If you drink two liter, you're doubt, you're in a hundred percent blackout period. If you drink two liters, now the way this festival it's the way that it works is you just have these big beer halls with these long ass tables. Everybody just sits at the table. So most of the time, you're like you're with your friends, but right next to you are people you've never met before. You're with your boys. You're with your boys, and then other boys are with their boys. Right ladies with their boys and ladies with their ladies but it's mo- it's just people just there to drink beer they're not dancing they're not eating even though there is food and even though there is a brass band playing oompa music the whole time the whole time that you're there boom 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 smoke in the air when i was there i mean now maybe smoking's not cool but back when I was drinking thick smoke, loud brass band music and people getting fucked up smoking and drinking. Now what happens when people drink in close quarters with strangers or friends? They get naked. (laughs) Occasionally (laughs) things might heat up a little bit and somebody might get a little pushy, grabby, punchy. Here's what you don't want to do get into a fight at the fucking Polliner Brewery during that fest. Because what they have is they have these off-duty police officers who are giant, giant beasts that look like they're in the WWF. And they walk around in pairs of two. And if you get into a fight, these guys will just grab you and beat the fuck out of you until you're unconscious and then dump you outside. And when you're leaving that place, there's just... It looks like kind of like Auschwitz, where it's just fucking unconscious, beat up bodies outside of the tent as you're leaving. Dude, it's amazing. It's chef's kiss. Chef's kiss, wonderful. The closest I've ever experienced that outside of the States, because, you know, United States, which is filled with very angry people. Yeah, I've seen, you know, I've played a lot of little pubs and honky tonks and I've seen a lot of weird shit in the States, but outside the States, the closest I've ever seen to that was in Scotland where we were touring through there and with the whole band went out afterwards and found some crazy bar with all that kind of, all that vibe, all that energy, really fun for a few minutes. But then when like our drummer got into a bit of a shouting match with some dude at the bar and I was like, we need to go. They're playing by some different rules here. Everyone was, everyone was so drunk. Like, way drunker than people in the States. I guess they're uh, pretty good in the States about, you get to a certain point, they'll get you out of there. But everyone in this bar was just with impunity, just so drunk they could hardly stand. And that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's amazing that people like to get so drunk. The world is just filled with people who love being fucked up. Well, there's nothing There's nothing more beautiful than being wasted. It's my, it's my one true, my one true love in this world was to put the alcohol to my lips and have it go down into my belly. Hmm. When I, I remember the first time I ever drank was on this school trip and people had just brought, I mean, it was in Germany, so there was no drinking age, so it was fine. But somebody had brought like a six pack of Budweiser and then a bottle of Brass Monkey. And I just remember drinking that Budweiser and just as it hit my system, I was just like, oh, shit. 
this is the medicine <laughs> for Bobby. This is Bobby's medicine. And I was just like, I want to feel like this forever. And I just kept drinking that Budweiser. And then I was drinking the Brass Monkey. And then I was puking. And that's just the way I drank, dude. I just drank until there was no more or I was puking or I was passed out. Every time. You're like a beautiful lady in Perth. Oh. <laughs> I, I guess that's it. the difference between sober people, people who needed to get sober because they're al- alcoholics, and people who just like to drink. Because I've never really... I've enjoyed being drunk, but I've never felt like this is this is the greatest love of my life. I guess that's the difference. Yeah, it was. De- it definitely always will be the one true love. But and dude, I remember, like I used to imagine, like if I, if I could drink something that would keep me drunk forever, I would do it. <laughs> like if I could just drink. But the, pro- the the problem I had with alcohol wasn't the drinking. The problem was is that eventually you you'd have to stop drinking because you would go to sleep and then when you wake up you're not drunk anymore. Yeah. And now you've got all the problems that you've accrued during your drinking time. And uh it would just you know exacerbate your problems and then I mean I was drinking to blackout like the last 2 years of my drinking every night I was in a blackout for for 2 years. And then you're being told the next day the things you said and did not all of them great. I would wake up the next day. I mean, I had a job where I didn't have to like, I was in the music business so I could just start drinking when I woke up, which I would do because yeah. I have a terrible hangover. But so I'd be having my first beer or two to kind of get back to normal. And then I'd just start calling people like, Hey, the last person I remember being with yesterday was you. Uh, afternoon what happened like well we're driving down the road and then you just we stopped at a stop at a stop sign you just hopped out of the car that was about 2 30 in the afternoon and then i never saw you again i'm like oh okay what, where was that where was that oh that was uh over in hyde park and then i'm like who do i know in hyde park hey you didn't see me yesterday nope call another person hey you didn't see me yesterday oh yeah you stopped by Around three o'clock in your underwear, standing at the door, holding a beer. I mean, it was, dude, it was scary, man. Luckily, I had two things going for me. One, um, I'm not violent at all, and I'm not rapey at all. So thank God for those two things. So the worst thing that I did was I would just annoy people, you know? I would say things that would, get them upset or, you know, just yeah. be annoying. A bit of an instigator. Yeah. I mean, I would just, I would just say whatever. I would just say mean things or not. It wasn't even to be mean. It was just to find out how far I could take something and then kind of back off of it. Cause I was just so scared of everyone and everything, but it, it definitely, you know, I would see people who I had met and I was friends with, and then I would see them again and they would be like, wouldn't want to talk to me. (laughs) It was horrible. That does sound horrible. It was, dude, it was so scary and horrible. Like it got to the point where I was like, so, and there was no end to it. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Oh, one of these days I'll be able to drink successfully. It was like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And then I started to try to stop to drink, stop drinking, and I couldn't even get past like a day. Like I couldn't get through a whole day without drinking. 
And then I was like, well, I'm fucked now. And then I started thinking about suicide as a way out. I was like, well, if it stays this bad, I can always kill myself. And that was like my sort of like the light at the end of the tunnel was like, well, I've always got suicide. So just keep going as long as you can. You can always kill yourself. And when, when suicide is like your, like kind of like lifeline and kind of like your ray of sunshine, yeah, that's you know, bad. it's not, it's not, you're not having, you're not having much fun anymore. When well, you know you've got suicide to look forward to, <laughs> that's a bleak sitch. Yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. But I, it, the, the, the miraculous thing that happened was I found AA and went to rehab and did all the shit they said. And now it's been, I just celebrated 26 years in August of sobriety. It's amazing, dude. It's crazy. It's Congrats. weird. But I mean, it's it is a weird thing because it's something I I just don't ever I don't think about like I don't like I don't think about drinking. But I used to, dude. I used to be like, "Am I going to drink today? What time am I going to drink? Am I going to drink at six? Am I going to drink at eight? Am I just not going to drink today? I'll drink tomorrow." That was all my thoughts. And kind of when I was dating. I had that about sex too. It was like, when am I going to get laid next? When am I going to get my next fix? And I just don't have any of that anymore. The only thing I have now is like with food. Yeah. Now it's like, you know, damn, I could use a donut. I'm not going to eat any donuts today. But dude, if I eat one bite of a donut, I'm going to the store and buying six donuts. <laughs> that's the way, that's the way your boy, there's a switch that's on. And when the switch is on, you boys go into the store and buying some donuts. And if it's off, I'm not I'm not eating a donut. Well, and speaking of switching off, we've got to get out of here. It's time to skedaddle. Yep. It's time to switch the old episode I off. De- I definitely feel like uh, I might owe our listeners $75 therapy fee. I should have started off the episode with I'm Bob Schneider. I'm an alcoholic. We've Once again, we've broken through another fucking wall in the IOK podcast world. It's now... A goddamn recovery podcast, dude. Well, you're welcome out there. And I did want to say thank you dude, to, a you're new, welcome. to a new patron, Josh Betts. Thank you, uh, Josh, for jumping on the Patreon train. We're going to head now into the Secret Weekly. And you can join us, patreon.com slash letters IOK, if you want to come hang with us there where we say things that we can't say on the show. And until next time, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>